3: Woo, 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 woo. ak is in for john today mace how you feeling my friend i am feeling absolutely fine and pumped up for a show man outstanding outstanding so does patrick mahomes become patrick mahomes no matter where he goes or does location matter like in real estate
4: Transformational, transcendent players, I think, uh, will find a way to shine anywhere. Now, you, t- you talk about now, Charlotte's a fairly dysfunctional organization and mm-hmm. has been for a long time. I, I think Kobe Bryant would have shifted the course of that franchise had he wound up there. And I think Patrick Mahomes would still be a really big star in Chicago right now.
3: You wonder, Andy, if there is, I don't know if there's a Patrick Mahomes rotting away in some organization, but you've seen it before. Kurt Warner was bagging groceries. We've seen really good players. Not have an opportunity. Is there a Kurt
1: Warner that never got into the league? I mean, clearly Tom Brady was not drafted with a whole hell of a lot of belief. Hmm. What was he sixth? Sixth round. round yeah. 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 I mean, clearly nobody bought into him. You know, he was they certainly the
5: weren't culminated. sold on his draft picture body. No,
4: no. I mean, <laughs> no. look at well, look at a guy like Brock Purdy, last player chosen in the mm. draft. Uh, look at a guy like Mike Piazza. He was in like the 178th. He did round. Did it
3: as a favor to Tommy?
4: Yeah, did it as a favor. Otherwise, we might not even know who Mike Piazza is. So I I believe there are lots of guys out there had they given get, had they gotten the opportunity. Well, you know, situation would be great right situation now.
1: Situation cuts both ways because somebody like Kobe obviously would have been great no matter who drafted him. But his opportunity to win as many championships increased dramatically. I agree with that like, when when he he entered the Lakers as a good, they were a good team. Yes, like they were already good right. when they drafted him. So joining a team with prime Shaquille O'Neal, they got yeah, Shaq. That does that he that same become summer.
3: Kobe or does he become Dominique
1: Wilkins? I think like he's, it's it's one of those questions. I think he's right? somewhere in between. Yeah, like he's still going to be considered an all time great because he was that great. And, you know, someone like Damian Lillard may never win a championship. Mm -hmm. Nobody disputes how great Dame is. Like, he's clearly not the problem. You know, they just haven't been able to build around him in a proper way. Yeah, it was just, uh,
4: Andy, you make an interesting point. The idea that, you know, you would have thought uh, that Kobe could have become a magnet to get guys to go to Charlotte. But it is Charlotte. Dame has had really no success in getting... Big stars to commit to Portland uh, despite his greatness. So who knows?
1: Like, I think Kobe could have found a way to win a championship at some point over 20 years because he was that great. And mm-hmm. I'm sure if Charlotte or New Jersey, who wanted him, you know, at the time there were New Jersey Nets, weren't good enough, he'd go somewhere else, maybe get a uh, title there. But the opportunity to win three straight, then two straight, those opportunities rarely come up for anybody. Mm. So the odds just don't favor it. Are you guys Girl Scout cookie
3: people?
4: Uh, you know, I've not bought any yet. I'm a huge... Uh, what's the peanut butter one? The, uh, Emily? The,
3: what's the, the peanut butter tagalongs? one called? Tagalongs?
4: Tagalongs? Oh, yeah. my God. Those tagalongs are deadly. They are <laughs> deadly.
5: I could see Mace buying a lot. Some Mace, correct me if I'm wrong here. Somebody yes. knocks on your door, and they yep. say... Uh, yeah, "It's They got... Yeah. They're selling Girl From Scout troop cookies. 692. Yep, exactly. Yep. I don't see you saying, "Ah, I'm I'm not interested." Thank you. In the close. <laughs> Sorry, of the door. No, no chance. Knock on uh, that no, door I'm... after
1: 4:20. Whatever. So, yeah, exactly. Uh, those tagalongs will go pretty quick. That's after when their route starts. So Bert, <laughs> they don't hit the streets until 4:21. Yeah, <laughs> <Yeah>, exactly right. <laughs> it's like a line around Mesa's block. Well, you've seen
3: the the pictures of the girl, the little girl, setting up outside the dispensaries, right? Which is no. Great. Are they really? Oh yeah by well, the way I did, I did not know that I did not know that that's every, every,
4: such a great play every that's year, so
3: smart they have their you know they got their little wagon with the cookies and you know why not? That's the
4: place. It's great that time you're to explain
1: to your seven-year-old what a contact eye is. <laughs> I
4: have not. I have not bought any Girl Scout cookies yet this year. If somebody wants to hit me up on Twitter, I'll buy a bunch. I'll make sure your your kid wins their troop. Con- Isn't there like some prize you get a badge for selling the most or a sash for selling the most? We all look at like Emily. We, we
3: have an expert in the yes. house. Emily oh, was Emily. The, the champion every year. She said.
2: So sometimes it would be a badge. I think typically it was just like an ice cream party or something. It was like you would get like some like a pizza party. It wasn't like it wasn't as crazy as he wanted it to be.
3: All right. So we've got the uh, the Girl Scout cookies. Mace. They they knock on your door. You're buying. Are you? We were talking about this earlier. When a kid comes by selling something for his basketball team, Girl Scouts, yes. whatever it might be. Are you a yes every single time?
4: I'm a yes every single time. So am time. I. Yeah, I mean, I mean, whatever I got in my wallet, you, <laughs> I, I will, I will buy that much of whatever it is you're selling, uh, because I, you know, when as a kid, it takes a lot for a yes. for a little kid to walk up to a door and knock on it and hope they're going to get a good reaction, and they're nervous. And
3: what did you have to sell as a kid?
4: uh, uh we had to sell uh, Snickers bars yeah. uh, at school to go to some some class trip, I think. Um, it, you, you see difference stuff, but Girl Scout cookies are the primary, primary thing that kids sell, isn't it?
3: Well, so, w- yes, but in our neighborhood, like, for instance, my son is involved in, uh, around the holidays for his baseball team, they sell Christmas trees oh okay so they they will sell and he's he's got his customer list that he's cultivated over his years in high school so he's got some automatics but not everybody says yes but the vast majority of people are like well i don't want the tree but here's a donation you give the tree to somebody else very few people say no andy you're
1: looking at me like you might be a no guy um some of it is I have to be responsible for keeping a child from eating too many of these cookies. (laughs) Right, right. So I'm not saying no so much for myself as I'm saying it to be the responsible adult in the house um, because my sixth grader loves her some sweets and I have to be the one that makes sure that moderation wins the day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. As opposed to being the one that left to his own devices might enjoy some Thin mints. Although you Frozen can always say, oh, give them
4: yeah. to the troops, right? That's the big sure. thing is give them give him to the troops. I don't, boy, I'm looking at myself on YouTube right now. It's friggin' weird.
3: What, why? <laughs> <Because>
4: <laughs> normally, I'm not like looking into my computer and looking into my He has my it opened canver. up right now. I, yep. so, I've got it opened up right now. So my, je- my hand gestures are.
3: Is this Girl Scout cookie related? Because it took like a turn in the middle of your Girl Scout. <laughs> it did. No,
4: it, uh, well, I, I open up YouTube and I'm like, oh. Crap, look, I, I'm. Because uh, normally, He's like, this is how, how set up. See me?
6: <laughs> the guys this this that set, set this up
4: do a great job. This is what people see, it looks really good um i can see can you see my uh my dog pictures behind
6: I, me?
3: I can i'm not on the youtube feed right now oh, so right not. So not. So yeah, there's paper. my
4: dog pictures
3: so you're just staring at yourself right now are you yeah
4: I, well you got to just stare into the green light and and you got to like
5: look. you should you should start doing push-ups and be like oh i had no idea the camera
3: was on <laughs> <laughs> just jumping jacks push-ups and eating your kale smoothie <laughs> i had no idea no one else wants to put those thin mints in the freezer. That's Andy. You uh,
4: look- that's a big Ireland thing. Thin mints in They're the freezer awesome. is like yes. a big thing. Yeah, yeah. I also like the uh, what are the ones with the coconut and the chocolate Samoa, Samoas? Lines across- Samoas. Samoas.
5: Samoas. Yeah. Oh, those are those are, those are amazing. Those are yeah. Those
3: good. are be careful of those. The, are yeah. the the? I know we t- is it the peanut butter patty one? The one that we're talking about. Are you talking about the hard peanut butter cookie?
2: So there is the peanut, the chocolate and peanut butter one. That is a tagline. That's the along yeah, And then yeah. there's another one that's like the peanut butter in the middle. Yeah. I cannot remember the name of that one. Right
3: that's now. like a Nutter Butter. It's like a Girl Scout branded
2: yeah. Nutter Butter. Yeah. Mace, like
6: that.
3: Emily had the best idea.
5: She okay. would wait for Super Bowl parties. That's when she'd go sell all these oh, uh, i didn't know really that was smart. but who's saying no to that nobody's saying no she well, probably has drunk
3: at a super bowl party she
5: probably has like a um a, a full uh like a truck full of cookies <laughs> in the back right she's got right. a clientele there she's treated like a real business that's a good no deal. that's a smart play that's she made sm- 60 grand that year she was eight <laughs> <laughs> do you
4: do you guys go to super bowl party like i haven't even been invited to a super bowl party in a while
3: um I typically. Or are we
4: supposed to call it a big game party? Yeah, I think
3: it's we're okay garbage. as long as it's not endorsing a product, I believe yeah. is how that works out. Presented um, by. I, I, I like a Super Bowl party. I, I do. I, I, I There's a couple that I've gone to regularly over the years. I enjoy them a great deal. I don't have to be alone. I like the social. I like the food. Uh, the, the game, you're, you're going to see the game easily enough. But I love... That absolute unbelievable spread of a little bit of everything all day long. I haven't been to one in a while. I was gonna time. say I feel like it's kinda is it just me did it lose a little
5: steam? Well Super- COVID <laughs> I think COVID but even pre COVID was
3: it was it going like we, crazy? we went every year. Mm. If I wasn't working because the Rams were in it, I was absolutely going to one every single Are you a party guy, Mace? Yeah, I I would
4: love to. Yeah, I I like going to a party. Um, And I, you know, normally we we would throw parties on a pretty regular basis over here. I think... Slew, so I remember you like tripping down the steps one night with oh, yeah. uh, no, I ended a up drunken and Chris Morales.
5: 100%. Ended up at the neighbor's house.
4: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the fence. So I like to throw a good party. We haven't thrown one since uh, since COVID. But Super Bowl party, I, it's funny. I was talking to uh, the guy that directed uh, 80 for Brady, which is coming out on Friday. Okay. And it all is a retelling of that Is it 2017 where it was 28-3? to Yes. And they came all the way back. Uh, And it's all about that particular Super Bowl. And I just remember that one really clearly because I was at a great big Super Bowl party at Michelle Beadle's house Mm. and watching the game with Keyshawn Johnson. And we were all so happy that the Patriots were getting trounced in that game. And I remember Allie McKay, who used to work at K-Rock, was there. She's a huge uh, Patriots fan. And we were just, you know, laughing at it and thought it was so great to see Brady lose. Uh, And then we watched that lead drip away in the second half. And (laughs) And it got very quiet. (laughs) We actually went so far as to, Beatle had a Tom Brady pinata that we ended up Breaking for the candy afterwards But it was not with the celebratory tone That we were hoping for
1: It was more personal
4: yeah, it was more. Per- uh, by the way, eighty for Brady, really fun movie.
3: Well, I, okay, I'm glad you said that. You said you did speak to the director. Or you're going to.
4: Yeah, no. In fact, uh, the podcast came out today. A guy named Kyle Marvin is also an actor. Directed that movie, and he's directing. Of course, uh, Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin, Rita Moreno, Sally and Field. Sally Field. Yeah. And then in the movie, Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman, and Danny Amendola. Have you are seen all it, Mace? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it last week. It's really really fun.
3: Okay. And I, I, this is asked with absolutely no agenda whatsoever. Okay. Who's that movie for? Is it, is it for old ladies? Is it for football fans? Is it for everybody? Like, the demographic for that movie, I'm struggling to put my finger on who that That's movie's fair. for. That's fair, yeah.
4: That is a good question. Who is the demographic? Well, like Ireland said, I'm going to take my mom to see that movie.
3: Okay, so older ladies.
4: Older ladies, yeah. Uh, if you're a Patriots fan, I would imagine it holds some appeal because it's all about that particular game. Um, I hate Tom Brady and hate the <laughs> Patriots, and the movie still completely worked for me. So, I, yeah, but it's a good question. I see the commercials during NFL games, but I wonder if the average NFL fan is going to go they're see... They're promoting Brady it like crazy. I, no, I think promo- it's
1: nonstop. I'm guessing the hope is that it's just enough sports for the sports fan, or it seems that way if nothing else. Yes. But you're reaching a different demographic, the the older women... And you know older men as well, because they grew up loving these stars as well, oh. and thinking you can maybe pull them in. What I, what I actually think is going to be difficult with that is, it's my understanding, and Mace, you probably know this as somebody who used to own theaters, and I know keeps up with the business. Yep. It's been harder to get older people into theaters mm. now. Because right, of it? Regardless, yes. Mm. Yeah
4: yeah because and and older people don't like to go into the theater because you're sitting in a dark room with everybody breathing and all that stuff i mean i i don't have any hesitation but like and my mom and not stepdad Leo will go to the movies too so but but you're right, Andy it is those movies that skew more towards adults and less towards yes. Marvel that are the ones that have had a hard time since the pandemic so it'll be it's an interesting experiment i mean i i think They've promoted it so much that there's going to be business in it. I don't know how much, but I think it'll, I think it'll be a modest hit. That, that's
3: what I mean. Like, for instance, like you said, it's been promoted like crazy. Like crazy. The mm-hmm. trailer came out a few months ago. Remember we talked about it. This was probably back in the summer, Al, when we saw the, the trailer for it. I'm like, yeah, that looks cute. And, and I get it. But, for instance, my dad is roughly the age of those women okay. and a huge sports fan. He's not going to go see that movie. It couldn't be, though, well, that my,
1: expensive of a movie, though.
3: No, but my mother is roughly the same age and is a big sports fan. My mom's not going to see that. I, I'm just struggling to put my finger on who the movies are. Yeah,
4: but do they normally go to movies? Yes, they do. Oh, your mom and uh, dad normally go to movies? I mean, they, they're not, they're not a movie
3: a
1: week, but they go to the movies. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. I. You know, I think there's, I think there's business in them.
1: Okay, we'll know whether or not this movie's going to work. If my mom doesn't go because she sees everything everything. Everything? Okay. Like Good for her. Oh yeah. She sees everything. And she is of that age demographic. And I guarantee she is a fan of all four actresses. Will you go, Andy? No. Will you
3: go, Slee? I will not. Yeah. Mason's already seen it so I've already seen it. Now
5: if you said babylon again for three hours i'll go see hey, that movie don't, twice.
4: don't take shots of babylon no no it's no, it just long
3: movie. it was good i thought it was good just a little long Would i may you you know we've known each other a long time yes would i like 80 for brady
4: uh let's see uh i'm gonna say it's not for you Travis. i think that's
3: probably right i'm
4: gonna say it's not for you
3: <laughs> now no, unless you got a crush
4: it. on jane fonda
3: uh no it, i one of them had kind of my attention for a while Rita Moreno Sally Field was Sally
4: Field Well Rita Moreno was Rita Moreno still looks incredible So does Sally Field I mean look
3: Smokey and the Bandit When I was You know I mean Sally Field Smokey and the Bandit Let's go
4: those Just, movies were such a big deal. Oh, no, remember, and Jackie Gleason played the uh, sheriff. The sheriff
3: Buford T. Justice. Exactly. Oh, those
4: are such good movies. Those are such good movies from the day.
3: Tell me, you did not want a black Trans Am with a Firebird on the hood? Tell me Hell that yes, that, I did. And a cowboy hat with the feathers on it. Yes. Burt Reynolds
1: <laughs> must have raised the Trans Am industry like <laughs> one thousand percent. Like the sales of Trans Am T top T yes. top Trans. Is there another
3: kind? Yeah. I'm, Probably I'm being not. Serious. Is there Maybe another not. kind? Maybe not. Every time you'd see one in the parking lot, you'd like, I wonder if Burt Reynolds and Sally Fields are making a pit so, stop in McDonald's. So, you know, it's funny. McDonald's. Burt
4: Reynolds had terrible taste in movies. Like, he... Now, now oh. granted, <laughs> granted, he did uh, Smokey and the Bandit, which is a great, Boogie great series. He uh, hated Boogie Nights. He I know hated he did. Boogie Nights. Oh, oh, really great did. movie, though. Yes. He turned down Superman, which uh, went to Christopher Reeve. Uh, he turned down... There's one. Terms of endearment, I'm pretty sure. He he turned turned down terms of endearment, and Nicholson took the role. Yeah, I mean, he had a. Famously bad taste in movies. Couldn't identify a good script, uh, but was was very, very cool in his day.
3: Whatever happened to Smokey and the Bandit, Cannonball Run, like these, these movies where it's just, let's just drive Reynolds, past. Reynolds
1: spent an entire <laughs> decade just driving. <laughs> yeah, he did.
5: Cannonball <laughs> was Run
1: was cool. another one. Yeah, yes. Cannonball Run was awesome. Oh, I think I there was a scene. The, the opening of The Longest Yard, it's him leading him on a police chase. Yeah, right, right. In, in like a Trans Am type car. I
3: mean, let's bring him. Uh, Bert. We can't do it with Bert. We have to find Who's the modern day Burt Reynolds? Who's the modern guy? Modern day Burt Reynolds. Yeah. Ooh. Is it like Channing Tatum?
1: Uh, who's hmm. the modern day? That's actually a you good You know question. who it could be, actually? Austin Butler. Okay. he's a, think He's so? got a lot of cool. Okay. He's only done one movie that I know got, of. Well, he'd been. You know what? I didn't realize till I just watched Elvis and I was looking up his uh, IMDb. He was Tex, Wat- Tex Watson in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.
3: Oh, oh was I didn't it really? realize. I didn't
1: realize it either. I actually saw him. Um, well, here's the here's well, the thing he about
4: uh, thing about him. Did you read all this stuff about how he can't stop talking like Elvis?
3: Um, I didn't need to read about it. I saw him at the Golden Globes right. talking so, like he was raised in Memphis when he grew so, up in Orange County.
4: So his voice coach came out and said that he was so immersed in the character that he can't stop talking like. I think that happened to oh Jeff Bridges
1: with the dude in Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> he has sounded like the dude for like thirty years now. Well, I've
3: seen him at a grocery store drinking milk just right out.
1: <laughs> madonna spoke
3: with a british accent yeah. for a period of time yes. yes it's not unprecedented no no i gotta get home to see which uh streaming service smoking the bandits on i got my afternoon covered mason in ireland coming up next and super crosstalk is powered by in and out burger that's what a hamburger is all
6: about we'll see you tomorrow
2: Plus everything's backed by their 30-day money back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at constantcontact.com. Just go to constantcontact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. constantcontact.com. Ah! 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 ah!
4: Little uh, mini show today. Got a couple of hours. I'm at home. Still negative. One still positive. Uh, we are uh, we're dealing with it, um, and uh, but feeling good. Uh, breaking piece of news: Adam Schefter says the Saints and the Broncos are finalizing compensation in return for the Super Bowl-winning head coach Sean Payton. Uh, this clears the way for Payton to sign with the Broncos to become Denver's next head coach. So Sean Payton uh, appears headed towards being the uh, the next head coach of the Denver Broncos. Breaking news copy, he says. Uh, breaking news copy. All of our breaking news is always brought to you by Valvoline Instant Oil Change, home of the 15-minute drive through oil change. Visit SoCalOilChange.com to find a location near you and to download up to $15 in coupons. Andy Kamenetsky, what's happening today, man?
1: I am actually dealing with some of these same uh, health and safety protocols as you. Um, my daughter tested last week. Um, so we've had to deal with that. I've been negative this whole time, thankfully. You've been negative and the whole she, time?
4: I've been negative the whole time? She's fine.
1: I mean, you know, it. she had gone about three years not catching it at some point. Everybody does.
4: Yeah, yeah. Now Bergman's angry about something. All I know is Bergman gets in my ear right ten seconds before the show starts and says, "I'm really angry."
1: Yeah, so
7: I what am. is it? I'm, is, I'm very, I'm very angry, and Andy knows about it. So what's I, I go into the studio to help Andy get set up into your seat because you're at home. Yes. and I see he's using a coffee cup. And the coffee cup is my coffee cup that it was that Riley gave to me in 2015 when she was so she would have that would have been eight years ago. she would have been three at the time and it had her handprint that she put on to the really? ca- to the coffee cup. Yes. Andy didn't know this. I'm not mad at Andy. it's none of his fault. For some reason, somebody, I'm not nobody at the station, I'm assuming it's when somebody a cleaning crew trying to be nice, took it out of my office, put it into the dishwasher, and now there is no handprint. What? Yeah. The handprint
4: was like a paint handprint yeah, on yes. the side of the
7: she, cup. She she put her hand in paint and put it onto the onto the coffee cup and then they did something to like have it stay. And for some reason, yeah. the because it was going through the dishwasher, I always hand wash it. I've had it for years, obviously yeah. since 2015, and I always hand wash it and no, so now the handprint yeah. is gone. Oh, and I'm pissed. That is terrible. I'm pissed. Ah, the terrible. ceramic glaze didn't protect the the handprint. The handprint? Hand I I don't know how it all worked. I just used the coffee cup, and I've always had the handprint, and I look at it, and I smile because it was from Riley when she was three years old, and now it's gone, and now it's gone, and I'm angry. I'm wow. Yeah. That's that's. Uh, okay, that's now sad. I get
1: why you're-
4: Actually, it's irreplaceable, too. It
1: is irreplaceable. She's not going to yeah. be three again. See, I thought actually you were upset because you couldn't find this cup for so long. I didn't realize the handprint was gone. No, I had the coffee cup yesterday. Oh,
4: but what? Who in the cleaning crew would take a coffee cup out of your office, put it in the dishwasher?
7: They probably thought they were being nice because they saw a coffee cup and like, oh, I'll just take this I'll out wash. and put it into the wash. I'll just wash it.
4: That seems over the line.
7: Yeah. Don't take it out of my office.
4: Yeah. Don't take stuff out of people's offices. I, I,
7: I hand wash it.
4: Yeah. God. Yeah. Wow. That I'm, is really rah, I'm very well. Angry. You know what? You know what? She needs to do a new one. How old is she now? Eleven. Just have her do a big mug. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
7: <She's> <laughs> a very unhappy about this. Yeah, man. that is terrible. That's, that's going to put me in a whole different mood. She still
1: considers you, though, the world's best dad. Well, I am. Just
7: so you know. I just what? wanted you to like. You might be th- to your daughter, but I am to her, and that's all that right. matters. Right. This is yeah, bull. Right. So really I mentioned
4: in that little promo that sure. Morales played that I would uh, report my next dream, and I had one last night. It was, uh, remember when we used to have update people? Yeah. We used to have uh, like updates at the top and bottom of the yard. Did you ever have have, uh, ever do those, Andy? I never
1: did, but you know, I was here where like Big Z would do them, uh, Beto would do them sometimes, Dave correct? Dave Joseph
4: would yeah. do them sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah, all that stuff. Pete Fox. So, so I dreamed we were going Pete Fox. That's right. I dreamed we were going back to update people and my first Natalie Oh shoot, I didn't mean to say her name. Hit the dump button. It's <laughs> no, gone. It's okay. gone. Uh, Natalie, Natalie Smith. Uh, appeared in my dream, and she was my first. And I wonder what that means. She's the update person.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Hmm.
4: Interesting. Interesting. But so randomly coming out of nowhere in a dream.
1: When's the last time you've thought of this person?
4: Uh, Five years ago? Hmm. Yeah, No just completely random
1: is there something interesting or sort of crossroady feeling going on in your career right now because maybe you're just thinking about that sort of stuff and and where certain things began that kind of thing
4: that's interesting so I got one of these things called a legacy box do you know what a legacy box is where you take you take a bunch of old tapes and uh audio cassettes and all this stuff you put it in a box you send it away they digitize it and comes back to you uh in digitized form so i'm saving a bunch of old shows that i did that's the only thing i can think that is is in the cross roadie category that
1: makes sense then i mean you're just thinking about old shows and keeping them all and she just subconsciously entered your mind
4: apparently bergman is that your theory
1: uh yes sorry i'm still angry (laughs)
4: I he <laughs> cannot get over the the cup. Look, cop. I'm I, pissed. Oh, you can't get over that. Man.
1: Last week, yeah. I finished um, the. There was a book that came out, which was a prequel and sequel to the movie Heat. It was co-written by Michael Mann. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it came out maybe six months ago. But the book. How is it a prequel and a sequel? It, it basically gets into Pacino's character and De Niro's crew in the 80s before the score you know that that they did in 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 downtown LA the one with the shootout depicted yeah, in the sure. movie it's the crew and uh Pacino's character in the 80s before this and then it also picks up where remember Val Kilmer's character he's the only one that survives that
4: survives and she sort of and Ashley Judd gives right. him the signal go it, Val go it, yep.
1: yep it picks up also what happens to them and also what happens to Pacino's character after that.
4: So is Pacino in it?
1: Um Pacino's character, yeah, he's in he's in the prequel book and the sequel book. Like it's a book. They're eventually going I think they're going to be making either a movie. Oh, this
4: isn't a movie yet. This is still a book. Yeah, this is a book. How many pages?
1: It was like 500 pages, so it took me a while. It was was good. I I really liked it. It took me a while to get into it, but I ended up really enjoying it. My cutoff
4: is 350 pages. I don't read any book longer than 350 (laughs) pages. Or a
1: Momo article, whichever comes first.
4: Does that make (laughs) me an intellectual? No books over 350 pages?
1: Honestly, man, this is the first book I've read in a long time. Like I, I read a lot of magazine articles and things like that, but I've thought about it before. I'm kind of embarrassingly not well-read.
4: I read a fair amount. Actually, Bergman reads a lot. I always have a book on. Um, but at the end of the year, they always put out the list of the best books of the year, and they're always like 2,000 pages long. And I'm like, there's no friggin' way I'm reading a 2,000-page book, or even a 1,000-page, or even a
1: 500-page book. <laughs> no, this was a commitment, man. This book is almost 500 pages. Oh, and I did like it and, it, and it does start turning into a page turner, but like particularly, I read nonfiction some, but fiction, like there are so many classic fiction books that I'm like never read it, never read it, really? no idea, nope.
0: Read
4: The Alchemist.
1: Never read The Alchemist.
4: Oh, you got to read The.
1: Alchemist. I'm about to start reading it.
4: All right. Yeah, you got to read The Alchemist.
7: Also, I'm still pissed.
4: <laughs> yeah, and still pissed about them coffee cup.
7: We'll be doing a pissed watch for like yeah. the next 2 no, hours. I'm, I'm going to talk very, about it throughout the show. I don't care. I'm just going to come up well again.
4: Very well established Greg pissed off that is Well, wouldn't you be if, a, if your oh, dog I'd be, I'd be furious. If your if furious.
7: Sophie put a, a dog print on a cup and they No,
4: I was just, <laughs> they, Yeah, no, I was just in here. It's funny you say that cuz I was just looking at cuz I'm in my living room. I was looking at where we got little Fredo's footprints on a thing and I'm like, "Oh. Aw, we did
1: Aw. that too with with um our cat. I, I had this cat for 15 years and she died during the pandemic and we did that thing where you put the paw prints at before she got cremated you put the yep. paw prints in like cement or plaster yep. and it hardens and you have that permanent um uh, memorial yeah of, it's of the really pa- really oh, it's, cool to have it's awesome Frank doesn't
4: have it anymore
1: why are you yeah, trying to make me feel on, bad? We
4: gotta
7: rub it. Like Jesus, that, man. It's set. I'm we'll actually, get I'm her really, to I'm actually upset about this. this is get her, very take upsetting. her to
4: one of those uh, pottery me places or whatever those are. Have sure. her make something new. Stick her
7: hand in it and go. Yeah, okay. That, that sounds all well and good, but she's not three years old anymore with her teeny tiny little hand.
4: Yeah, that's, that's sad. That's very sad.
7: You, you're not sad at all.
4: I am. I'm you don't very feel bad for me at all. I'm very sad for
7: you. You're laughing at him like you were yeah. laughing at Lindsay's cat back then. Yeah, no, oh, exactly. This is,
4: this is super sad. You're,
7: this is a bad guy move.
4: No, I'm super sad about it. Just yeah. break. Just get out yeah, of Yeah, get out of Just go all break. Uh, I, I'm, de- I'm definitely sad, though. All right, coming up next, I want to get into an issue of, um, of uh, load management. And Steph Curry said some interesting stuff. Last night, LeBron didn't play. AD didn't play. Tonight, uh, LeBron is in at Madison Square Garden, so that's exciting, getting to play at the Mecca. Uh, But load management has been in the conversation on this show for a couple of weeks. Uh, Ireland got especially worked up last week over it. So some comments from Steph coming up next for you. Mesa in Ireland, 710 ESPN.
0: Andy Kamenitzki's
4: in for John today. So last night, Lakers lose in Brooklyn. It's not a surprise. They were facing um, uh, Kyrie and the Nets, who've been playing good ball, and AD and LeBron did not play last night. Now, out of curiosity, Andy, was that an issue of load management or was that an issue of injury last night, the reason why LeBron and AD didn't play?
1: It's a little bit of both, to be honest. I mean, in the case of... AD, there's an element of load management that's directly connected to him having missed like half the season recently. And then with LeBron, there is an element of load management, but also that foot slash ankle that's been bothering him the whole year. Like, there's no reason for Darvin Ham to bring that up if it's not real. Because they could talk about this as scheduled rest or, you know, cautiousness. They can phrase this in a way that doesn't get them in trouble with the league or whatever, you don't bring up the idea that the foot is recurrent and it's really bothering him unless it's a thing. So I think it's both.
4: So here's what Steph Curry said. Earlier this month, there was a game in Cleveland where uh, the Warriors did not play Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, or Steph Curry. And this is what Curry said uh, to uh, CBS reporter Jack Maloney. He says, I campaigned to play every game. That's the misconception about load management and how it goes. It's never the player that's saying, hey, I want to sit. For all those people worried about that part of our league and all that, it's usually not the player that's going to the training staff and saying, hey, I don't have it tonight. It's usually the other way around, and there's a lot of science involved. Uh, Steve Kerr, after that decision to not play Draymond, Clay, Wiggins, and Steph, said he called that decision a brutal part of the business and suggested reducing the schedule to 72 games. Do you think that there should be a crackdown on teams for doing this? Well, here's
1: the problem. When he said it's part of the business, they're not even talking about the basketball industry. They're talking about the literal business, the money. You have so much invested in superstar contracts, you know, these guys are all making like 35 to $50 million a year. You want to try to protect that investment towards getting to the playoffs. So you, end, you reach a point where the money is so costly, you feel like you're not getting your investment unless these guys end up in the postseason.
4: Right, but what is wrong with staggering those games off? In other words, Golden State, yeah, they make one trip to Cleveland a year one trip to Cleveland a year, and they're not playing any of their stars, any of their top Because at that point, you're
1: just screwing over your home fans. Like, if you're going to start dictating this basically by road schedules, you're going to be making it so all the people who are invested the most in the Warriors, some of them literal investments with season ticket holders, they're the ones that end up seeing the stars the least.
4: But sit Clay for a game. Sit Wiggins for a game. Sit Draymond for a game. Sit Curry for a game. Just don't sit them all at once.
1: You should try to avoid sitting them all at once if you can, but sometimes you're sitting them because you have to, and then you start thinking about this pragmatically where it's like, okay, if three of our guys are sitting and we're probably going to lose this game anyway, and we're thinking about sitting down like a fourth star, we might as well just do it now and just take the loss.
4: So this is the old scheduled loss concept.
1: Yeah, to some degree it is.
4: Yeah, yeah. I, by the way, I don't even remember if they won that game or lost that game. I'm assuming they lost that game. Cleveland's pretty good. Uh, but, yeah, in other words, if you sit one guy, then you're diminished and maybe you lose the game and you use those three guys and you sit somebody else in Yeah, I mean, I, the, the load management issue is going to be a, a tricky one, obviously, for the league. Ireland is super fired up about this, super fired up. He lost. Would you not say that's as animated as Ireland's been about anything, Bergman?
1: He he's uh, not listening at the moment. But yes, oh, I've done listening? enough. Sh- I've done enough shows with John to know this gets him extremely upset. He'll he will always break into a rant uh, about Greg Popovich. Greg yep. Popovich is the guy who invented this. And he'll go on and on and on. He'll let you know Kobe played through everything. I've heard yeah. it all. Yeah, Steve.
4: yeah, you've heard it. You, you're a listener.
1: Yeah, I'm both yeah, a, listener a listener and a participant. Yeah, By the exactly. way, the Warriors won that game. It was on
7: Friday, January 20th, and the Warriors won 120-114. Won that game. They won okay. that game. With Dante go. DiVincenzo, Jonathan Kaminga, Kevon Looney, Ty Jerome, and Jordan Poole starting.
4: Wow. Wow. So they did find a way to win that game. Yeah. I just think if, if you really want to do something about load management, that's one thing you can do. You could fine a team for sitting multiple of its stars in one game.
1: Teams will take the fine. Like, I mean, really, if, if it comes down to taking a fine versus feeling like you are not getting enough return on your investment for superstar contracts, you're just going to pay the fine. Like, how much is the fine going to be? Like, 100 grand? something like that that's something way, like that yeah a link of pocket uh, change yeah. yeah well but it's also it's way less money than you feel like you're putting into the payroll of your team yeah. so you'll you'll take the fine that's not going to do anything
4: okay let me uh, let me pivot a little bit here so what did you think of the call at the end of the game Saturday in Boston <laughs> uh, the actually it's the non call in at the end of regulation in Boston on Saturday
1: i don't know how you missed that yeah i don't know I mean, part of me wonders it's not so much missing it as being afraid to call it because it's the it's the final play of regulation. And you often hear that you don't want referees deciding the game with a whistle. You want the players to do it themselves, that kind of thing. Because, I mean, if, if you just missed that, I don't know what you're doing out there refing a game.
4: Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand it either. And, and Ramona was here yesterday. She took a bunch of grief on Twitter because she was going to bat for the officials. To me, that's the, the refs are that's that's an inexcusable. And I know they said we lost sleep over it and it was gut wrenching and all that stuff. Uh, but there's, there's wow. not really any clear accountability uh, for blowing that call. Um, Tim Legler was on. Some show this morning. It was either KJM, Get Up, First Take, or NBA Today. I don't know which one. Uh, and he was talking about the referee problem right now in the league. Hit it, Jorge.
8: It is a it problem. Is a pro- and here's how you know it's a problem it's a problem because it's not just, you know, the average fan is always going to talk about officiating, right? Every, every night, their team somehow, the officials cost them the game. We understand an overreaction on the part of the fans a lot of nights. But when you have people that like watch it every night and you do it for a living and it's becoming this glaring and this often you've got to talk about it it's a problem but here's what I will say in a little a little bit in defense of the officials I can't imagine anything more difficult now than doing that job for two reasons number 1 physicality has been taken for the most part out of the game right this is a wide mm-hmm. open game the game is played at the three point line it's almost as if now when there is contact in the lane it's it's foreign to officials now because the rest of the game isn't officiated that way. So that's one thing. And the second thing is, imagine doing a job in which every detail of it was shown on replay with 27 different camera angles and super slow-mo. So every single time you blow your whistle, you now have the propensity to be second-guessed on was that the right call or not. It's never been more difficult to officiate. Uh, So I'm going to give them a little bit of slack there but, look, this play brings a lot of eyes to it, and I'm sorry. You cannot miss a foul across the shooter's arm in that situation. In your
5: face, you have a perfect view of it, too.
1: Come on.
8: you got At that point, honestly, you got six eyes that should be watching that play and the potential for contact at the rim. You can't miss it, man. It's egregious. He didn't and, miss it. He just but, swallowed the whistle. And it cost him a game.
4: Kellerman hit it. He swallowed the whistle, and it's for the reason you said, Andy. The idea that at the end of the game, you want players to settle this on their own. Realistically, if it's a foul in the first quarter, it should be a foul on the last play of the game. It was a clear foul, and it's inexcusable to miss that, and I would argue... This isn't just last night. I mean, this is multiple times now. The, the Lakers uh, and, and LeBron specifically, uh, you know, at the, in that overtime with Dallas uh, last week or week before, uh, same exact thing. Should have been a foul, should have gone to the free throw line, should have ended the game. LeBron isn't being officiated the way star players are being officiated.
1: LeBron is, I think, seen as the most difficult star to referee since Shaq. Because he's just, he's so big and so athletic and so strong. I think a lot of times the contact that should be called, I'm not disputing it should be, feels incidental with someone like him. The way, like, guys would bounce off Shaq as they were fouling him. Right. And if you, I think a lot of times, too, there's this feeling that if you called every foul against LeBron, guys would foul out in the first quarter. And you have to have the ability to have a game you know it's the lake part of the problem with this right now is the Lakers have been experiencing this a lot on the bad end of it, and, you know right. more, beyond just Laker fans complaining about it, Lakers complaining about it, like it's been legit, and the Lakers play so many nationally televised games that more people are actually seeing it. Like I don't think I've ever seen this many people from this many fan bases complaining about refereeing in the NBA in general.
4: But what has really changed? I mean, Legler's saying the game is, is different now. He's, and it's, it's To me,
1: the biggest thing is, and I've been saying for a few years, I think they should add a fourth ref because the game in particular over the last five or ten years has gotten so much faster and more spread out. Right. Like it used to be very 18 feet and in. Now it's super spread out. I think there's too much for you to be – keeping track of it once. I think they should add a fourth official.
4: Adding a fourth official.
1: It won't solve everything. Not heard but I heard that
4: suggested. That doesn't solve the fact that I forget that official's name. We shouldn't forget it. The guy that blew the call on Saturday. <laughs> hashtag never forget. Yeah. Hashtag never I was, I was all fired up <laughs> about him yesterday. Now I don't remember his name. Is it Eric, I think Eric something? Eric Lewis, maybe. Yes. Eric yeah, Lewis. Eric Lewis. Um, that does not, a fourth official wouldn't have resolved that.
1: Well, maybe if the different fourth official was in Eric Lewis's place, he calls it. I don't know. I mean, I, look, it's going to be imperfect no matter what, sure. you just want it to be better. And then in the meantime, there's just this question of the Lakers. The Lakers have been dealing with this in ways that have really compounded their problems because, as LeBron says all the time, they have no margin for error. And that includes, you know, self-inflicted wounds, but it also includes referee error. Like, they can screw up their games on their own. They don't need the help from the refs.
4: But in fairness, these are really, I mean... You know, Boston, you're on the road at Boston. It's, it makes sense that it would be determined by a call or one call would be pivotal. That was the case there. You can go back and you say, yeah, Lesbrook had that turnover and he missed that layup and he didn't finish and all that stuff, but it, they're playing one of the best teams in the league, if not the best team in the league, and it comes down to one last play.
1: Yeah, look, the refs are not the reason they lost that game. They are the reason, though, that LeBron was not in the position to hit one of two free throws and win the game for the Lakers. Like, that part is true. They're not the whole reason the Lakers lost, but they're an important factor. They were. All
4: right, uh, coming up next, going to spin the wheel of questions. Mason, Ireland, 710 ESPN.
6: Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify?
4: Spinning the wheel of questions, Andy Kaminski, and for John. Interesting. Hmm.
1: <laughs> hmm. Hmm.
4: All right. If you had to change one thing about yourself, what would it be? Oh, God, I'd get my hair back. Is that what it would be? You would get your hair back?
1: May, I mean, you remember it. I had good hair.
4: You did have hair. I, I had do remember you. had
1: some seriously good hair back in, fact, in the
4: we day. In fact, we used to say the Kaminski brothers are the bald one in the... The bald guy and the other one.
1: Yeah, and look, because Br-
4: Brian Brian Early shaved his head.
1: No, but Brian, to be totally honest, was like Charlie Brown growing up. Like he, I mean, he started losing his hair. He was starting to recede in high school. So, wow. like in, in the case of Brian, he lost nothing. Yeah. I lost greatness.
4: Really great. It was like Samson oh. losing his hair. You
1: know, I'll tweet out. I, I do this every now and then. I tweet out my long-haired photo. Yeah. Uh, this is some glorious hair. How man. did you go from such long, luscious hair to no hair? Was
7: it just straight up genetics? Was it like it a is, slow
1: burning thing or did no, it just all happen at once? It started pretty rapidly because it runs in my family pretty strongly. And most of the men in my family start losing their hair in their 20s, early 30s at the latest. It had skipped past me at that point. So I thought maybe I got lucky. Then all of a sudden- Boom! Did you and, like cut it? Did you cut the long hair and then? Oh was, no 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 no! I mean, I I had cut the long hair, but I still had a lot of hair. But once the baldness genetics kicked in, boom! Like it was it was pretty rapid. That's too bad. It was.
4: Did you ever think about doing something besides shave your hand? Did you ever think of like? Uh, like a, a rug or something? No.
1: <laughs> no. Do
4: people still wear, do they still wear toupees?
1: I mean, we once.
4: <laughs> uh, it's kind of uh, because shaving your head is now such an acceptable thing. I think there are fewer toupees out there. Well,
1: we've discussed this before, Mace. I have convinced myself that I now resemble my spirit animal, Jason Statham. Oh, and, yeah, there you be- go. And because of this, I've come to grips uh, with this turn of events.
4: Um, all right, got to change something about yourself, Bergman. What do you pick?
7: Uh, being angry right now because I don't have a coffee cup with you my daughter's handprint on it anymore. Yes, so exactly. So I would like to not be angry about it anymore.
4: Hmm. Okay.
7: Yeah, that's not going to happen for this show.
4: All right. Uh, nope, you're going to stay angry for the show. That's good. Pretty much, yep. Play angry. Um, what do you what think? Do you, no, uh, let's not play. What do you think, Corey? Um I don't want to deal with an angry
1: Bergman anymore.
4: Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's sitting behind Interesting the way me. those fit together. Yeah, yeah.
1: so different job.
4: <laughs> no, it's just, I mean, that sucks, man. You, how, how is somebody just going to do that? Like, you don't take stuff from somebody's office.
1: Yeah. It, it must way, be somebody I, new.
4: Just If you're just tuning in, Bergman has a coffee mug that had Riley's handprint from when she was three years old on it, and it went into the dishwasher, and now the handprint is gone. Yep. Which is I know I is know. disappointing.
7: Uh, yeah. I'll get over it. Oh, man. I, this, it sucks.
4: It does suck. It sucks. It does suck. It's sad.
7: Let's continue bringing the show down. All right, keep going. What are you, Mace? What are you um, changing about yourself? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
4: What <laughs> I wish I was less yeah. disorganized. I am the, the least organized person you know. Would, Greg, do you think that's true? Am I the least organized person around?
7: If you look at your rundown, yes, 100%. Yes.
4: Yeah, I mean I, my rundown for the show and Andy, I don't know if you're there, but it's colors and it's shapes and it's it's like a Bill Walton Dude, model. It's colors and shapes. Your rundown and sizes
1: Your rundown looks like the note left behind by a serial killer. <laughs> cut out pieces of newspaper it's
4: it's like kaczynski had this in his shack in uh, montana or whatever yeah seriously
1: you're like two steps removed from the unibobber when you (laughs) when you leave a rundown in this document it's absolutely incomprehensible when i'm coming in on shows now i don't even look at it anymore like you glean no information from it whatsoever
4: do you think that's true bergman do i need to change the way i do things
1: uh, I would probably help a little bit. You'd be a little more organized.
7: Like, does it, do you feel organized with the way that this is?
4: I don't feel organized in any aspect of my life.
7: So maybe we I just can...
4: feel generally disorganized.
7: How about you come in early on Thursday, and we'll try and organize the rundown.
4: Okay, organize the rundown. We have, a short, we, have a sh-
7: we have a short show on Thursday. should be
4: easy to organize.
7: Right. We can just find a different way to make it so you can understand what you're looking at here.
4: Okay, that's good. That's Kay. good. I'd also like to... I, I would like to up my wardrobe game. Uh, which, by the way, wouldn't take much. Um, and uh, I have this idea that by the end of the year, I will have cut weight, and I will be able to wear nice clothes. And uh, people like Colin Coward will no longer refer to me as looking like a flood victim.
7: Well, let's just start with <laughs> jeans. Like, let's just start
1: with jeans, and then jeans we'll move from there. Yeah.
4: Over sweatpants. Yeah.
1: Stop the right. sweatpants. You
6: yeah.
4: should just
1: get like super, like super pricey, super high-end hoodies. Like make hoodies your thing because you love hoodies, but just get the really expensive hoodies, like expensive hoodies, like $700, $1,000 hoodies. Just make that your thing.
7: Bergman, what do you think? The hoodie? I, I think getting like the Viore and then Cody just said Supreme hoodies. Oh, yes. Yeah. Supreme Cody Lewis, hoodies. Supreme hoodies. I'm going to look it up right now. But yeah, so,
4: look that up. Yeah. Uh, start maybe f- I, I go can find a way to dress up, but with fancy.
1: Hoodies. You, you become the equivalent of the sneaker guy. You know, the guy that has thousands and thousands of high-end sneakers, sometimes they, you know, they cost $600, $700 a pair, maybe more. That's you with hoodies. How much do the uh, Supreme hoodies cost, Bergman?
7: The Supreme, it changes around a little bit. Uh, some are like 100 bucks. some are 40 It just depends on what you're... Oh, uh, no, that's 40, not expensive I, enough.
4: Sign me up for the $40 hoodie. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so what's the difference
7: between a $100 hoodie and a $20 uh, you know, hoodie? Come on. Like, this one is... Oh, wow. This one's $310. Oh,
4: what does a hoodie do for $310? It's, it's just a hoodie.
7: Cody, how are you affording a $265? Cody, you, you're talking in my ear. It doesn't go over the air. That is insane.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I
4: could not, in good conscience, spend $260 on a hoodie.
7: Do you
1: want it's a look just or a not, hoodie. Mace? I can
4: get them at Ross Dress for Mace, rest. do you exactly. want
1: a look or not? Do you want um, to reinvent yourself or not, Mace?
4: Reinventing myself—that means no te- no team hoodies, right? I would have to get rid of the team hoodies. Well, you
1: can still get a nice team hoodie. This is what look, Mace. You know how on and Ness, you watch Succession? Hoodies? You watch yes, Succession, I right? I do. The way you know that the Roy family is super mega rich is they wear those baseball caps with no logo. Oh, right. The no logo caps are in real right. life.
4: Logan Roy wears a no logo baseball. So does
1: Kendall. Yeah. So uh, so does uh, the youngest one.
4: Uh, blank Con- on uh, Roman.
1: Roman. They all wear those blank baseball caps because they are in real life really expensive to get.
4: So the idea would be: Can I come up with a Steve Jobs esque wardrobe?
1: Yeah, I mean, like you're the upscale Zuckerberg.
4: Upscale Zuckerberg. Okay, I'm gonna look. I'm I'm gonna look into that. That's what I would like to change. By the end of the year, that's what I would like to change.
7: Okay, so if you want to go to Supreme, there's a Supreme Swarovski box logo hoodie, and it's just a gray hoodie, and it says Supreme, and I'm guessing there's Swarovski crystals on it. Oh, well, what do I need Swarovski
4: crystals on my hoodie? Because you
7: can. So you can spend $1,890 on it. $1,890?
4: $1,890? Yeah. yeah,
7: yeah, on a Supreme yeah. hoodie.
4: Never, in a never <laughs> ever.
7: You can go a little bit less and just get a box logo hoodie that's all black and white for $730.
4: It is a friggin' hoodie, but I will go to the website and check it out. All right, uh, coming up next for you, don't forget we got Lakers basketball. Uh, Alan Sliwa with, with the uh, pregame coming up for you at 3 o'clock today. In the meantime, we're going to do some What's Up Fool next. Mason and Ireland, 710 ESPN.